Welcome back to Mortgage Genomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you're from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. Okay, today I'm going to talk about, is your mortgage pre-approval optimized for maximum purchasing power? Let's begin. In the unforgiving terrain of Canada's crazy, intense mortgage qualification landscape, it seems like prospective home buyers are constantly facing an uphill battle. On top of stress-tested high interest rates, a persistent affordability crisis, and intricate newcomer policies, there's the ongoing challenge of participating in a real estate market characterized by what seems to be a constantly rejuvenating demand. In a hyper-competitive market where every cent of income matters, the question lingers, is your mortgage pre-approval truly maximizing your purchasing power? As you grapple with the complexities of the current environment, untapped qualification methods may exist that might help you qualify for more. Could your mortgage qualification be underestimated or underqualified, leaving that extra little critical bit of potential untapped? Well, I'm going to talk about and unravel some seldom used income qualification gems that have the potential to be game changers in your relentless pursuit of optimal mortgage qualification in what is perhaps the most challenging real estate market on the planet. There are five key qualification tips that I'm going to discuss and that are almost always overlooked and if utilized could be the ultimate difference maker in securing your real estate purchase or refinance. All right, let's start off with number one, application process. I personally never encounter resistance when requesting documents from customers during the application process. However, new clients who have had to switch mortgage advisors due to late stage qualification failures often attribute the failure to a poorly drafted mortgage pre-approval. Concluding a mortgage pre-approval with a brief phone call explaining your maximum qualification amount is simply irresponsible, uh, especially given what's at stake, likely the largest investment you will ever make. Mortgage pre-approvals should be in document form, including scenarios, interest rates, calculations, and importantly, most importantly, conditions. If your current mortgage pre-approval doesn't, uh, doesn't fit this description, then you are not pre-approved. Examples of uh, pre-approval conditions I've, I've put together here that should be disclosed in your pre-approval document. Okay, so look out for this stuff. Uh, you should see something along the lines of if, if you increase your debt load that we've accounted for, your mortgage approval amount will decrease disproportionately. Uh, if your credit score decreases below 680, this should also be prevalent on your mortgage pre-approval. If your score decreases below 680, your mortgage pre-approval amount will likely be, be reduced. So 680 is kind of like the magic point where above 680, you pretty much qualify for all the, the bells and whistles, all the core programs of mortgage qualification. So a lot of people don't know, they, they get pre-approved and their credit's like 690 or maybe 700. Two months later, later, I get a call from them and they're ready to roll and we pull an updated credit and boom, they're down to like 630 or 640. And that reduces your gross debt service ratios. Therefore, you qualify for less. Another pointer you should see in your pre-qualification report, um, you must not be in arrears with Canada Revenue Agency upon completion of your property purchase. So 
This is um, pretty much especially relevant with uh, self-employed applicants. Okay, so if you qualified at a time where we used your prior year's uh, income tax return and everything was A1, you know, you had nothing owing to Revenue Canada. And, and then finally, a few months later, you come back and you're like, you're ready to purchase. Meanwhile, you have a, there's a new reporting period. We're into next year. And, you know, now we have to ask for your most current, your recent notice of assessment. And there's outstanding arrears there. That needs to be paid. So that should fully be disclosed in, in your mortgage pre-approvals. The interest rates quoted within a pre-approval are subject to very specific conditions. Uh, be aware of them. For example, you may be getting an interest rate that appears very, very uh, awesome. Um, and, and that's because it's a an insured interest rate. Meanwhile, you're purchasing with 20% down payment, but you're being quoted a rate that's for insured. So that means uh, down payments of less than 20%. That mortgage is insured. Uh, therefore, they offer the best rates. So it could be misleading um, if you don't interpret the, the rates and ask about the rates that are in your pre-approval and make sure they apply to your down payment scenario. So these are just a few examples, stuff like this you got to be aware of. Um, and, and like I said, if it's just a phone call that you get from your mortgage provider, your broker, your banker, and just tells you how much you're good for, um, that's simply not acceptable. There's way more to it than uh, just that phone call. And here's your amount and your interest rate. Um, and one other thing, while we're on the topic of mortgage pre-approvals, steer clear of uh, unsupervised rookie mortgage advisors. You know, like I don't mean to be a jerk here, but seriously, now is not the time to offer yourself up as, uh, you know, some sacrificial learning transaction. Uh, if, if anything, like if you sense a lack of understanding or expertise, like ask the rookie if, if they have a supervisor and request their contact information in case your qualification takes a, an unexpectedly, you know, restrictive or sideway turn. So again, not being a jerk here, but trust me on this. You don't want that 11th hour feeling. Uh, do your due diligence. Pick the right guy or girl to work with. I hope you're getting some value out of today's talk. The whole idea is to dedicate an entire episode to one specific topic. So if it's something else you are looking to learn about, simply scroll through my past episodes and skim the titles for the particular topic you are looking for. And if you can't find what you're looking for, then send me a text and I'll be sure to talk about it in the following episode. Call or text me anytime at 604-800-9593 or find me at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. Um, number two, income. Ask how much of your income is actually eligible for qualification. So you're probably wondering or asking yourself, like, why wouldn't my income be eligible? So... Here's an example, like let's consider a scenario where an applicant earns a salary of $70,000 per year and has also recently started a part-time job earning about $6,000 a year. Okay, so full-time salaried incomes without probationary periods are simple to verify and often result in, you know, like a total seamless, easy peasy approval. However, part-time employment or income is a different story. If the part-time employment is classified as casual, a two-year average of employment with that particular employer is required. But if the part-time employment is classified as permanent and or guaranteed hours, 
then the applicant can qualify as per the current hourly rate. So this could be a major boost either or any way that it's understood or misunderstood. So really clarify the uh, part-time income. Some brokers early on may altogether dismiss it and assume that you need two years. But uh, in, in a lot of cases, well, if, if, if it's a permanent employment, uh, permanent and guaranteed hours for part-time employment, you don't need two years. And uh, I've seen pre-qualifications um, calculated and not account for that. And in one case, the, the applicant had an extra $15,000 that they could have used to qualify. Um, here are some other seldom used income qualification methods. Capturing a two-year overtime or bonus average and combining it with the current earnings. Okay, so this method packs way more punch than doing the default overall two-year average based on the prior year, where the applicant likely was at a lower base pay rate, okay? So when it comes to self-employed applicants, there are a million and one ways to qualify. Um, too many to mention here. I'm just gonna plug one of my previous episodes. It's uh, number 137, Mortgage Qualification Hacks for Self-Employed Applicants. Um, so yeah, go check that out and I'm just scrolling through it and it's got a bunch of goodies in there. Like it's got the gross up. Um, that's a, a very popular strategy. The net income after taxes within uh, business financials using net income after taxes reflects the financial stability of the business. It further acknowledges that the business is generating profits after covering all operating expenses, tax obligations, and dividends. Yeah, so I'm just reading through. There's a lot of good detail here. There's stated income, uh, and then there's a 12-month bank statement method. So check that out. Again, that's episode number 137, Mortgage Qualification Hacks for Self-Employed Applicants. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, number three, rental income. There are at least, I'd say, you know, 20 different methods of calculating eligible rental income. Um, in places like Vancouver and Toronto with high real estate prices, rental income in, you know, in the form of mortgage helpers, um, which is rental income from a basement suite within the property you intend to purchase, uh, is often a decisive factor. A lot of times it comes down right exactly to this. Um, lenders have varying policies when it comes to how much of the rental income from a rental suite can be used as eligible qualifying income. So the, the plain Jane standard in the industry is 50%, where 50% of that rental income from that basement suite is added to your overall qualification income. So, you know, this often comes as a shock to many, as the common perception is that 100% of the rental income is eligible, but the, that's not the case. Like that is truly not the case. Uh, in actuality, there are no lenders that accept 100% of the rental income. Um, when it comes to rental income, though, lenders vary drastically with their eligibility criteria. So, for instance, lender A will allow you to use 50% of the rental income that is generated from your rental property and apply it as qualifying income. But lender B, perhaps, is offering something totally different. Rather than applying the eligible rental income to your overall application income, they allow you to use it as an offset to your existing debt load and they further increase the allowance to 80%. So as a result, you end up qualifying in many cases for significantly more. The offset methods are, are very, very um, impactful. 
Um, number four, net worth. If you hold uh, at least $250,000 in liquid assets after your down payment, you enter into another arena of qualifying. So in many instances, applicants and their mortgage providers are completely unaware of this qualification gem. The qualification essentially allows you to boost your mortgage qualification dollar for dollar with your assets. So for example, if you qualify for a $500,000 mortgage based on your verified income, okay, but hold $300,000 in investments or cash, the lender will boost your mortgage qualification to 800,000. Okay, so you qualify really on paper for 500, but because you have 300 cash in the bank, the lender will boost your qualification by that much. Okay, so um, on this, I'm also going to defer you to a past episode that you can check out exclusively on the high net worth mortgage. So scroll through my episode catalog to uh, episode number 59 and um, check it out. And I'm doing it right now. So just, yeah, got a lot of good details in here. Minimum down payment, 20 to 35% for this program. Uh, you need at least 250000 in liquid assets. You need a three to 12 month history of the assets, depending on which lender and all account holders where assets are held must be on the mortgage. Um, so yeah, check it out. A lot of good info there. Episode number 59, the high net worth mortgage. And lastly, finally, number five, the one year band-aid mortgages. Okay, a beauty, this one, using it quite often these days. And it's, it's in the if all else fails category. Probably the most underrated and overlooked, this pathway has increasingly become prevalent in the past couple of years, the rapid escalation of interest rates. So within a span of 12 months, many home buyers found themselves in precarious situations where they were blindsided by the fierce impact of you know generational high interest rates. Mortgage approvals that were previously approved suddenly found their status severely downgraded and in many cases outright declined from their respective lender. Thankfully, there was a solution. The Band-Aid mortgage providers, as I like to refer to them, stepped up and provided the relief that was needed to save home buyers from defaulting on their purchases. Not only did they salvage many transactions, but they arguably stabilized the entire real estate sector as a result. The value proposition from these lenders, formerly known as B or alternative lenders, uh, is a straightforward as it gets like uh, interest rates are generally 1.5 to two and a half percent higher than traditional banks qualification guidelines are loosened considerably uh, there's a fee of one to two percent that's skimmed off the mortgage proceeds therefore your down payment is proportionately increased okay very important to note and lastly the available terms generally range from one to three years uh, the objective of of these band-aid mortgages is to secure your purchase or refinance with the intent to later refinance the same mortgage with a traditional lender, preferably after one year or longer if required. Um, prior to committing to a Band-Aid mortgage, your, your mortgage broker should have a legitimate game plan that details your exit strategy, uh, like refinancing to a traditional lender upon the maturity date of this Band-Aid mortgage. So if a one-year timeframe is not realistic, then a two or three-year term should be explored. And these mortgages generally do not exceed three years. Um, this is a product that was traditionally geared towards applicants with bruised credit histories and income verification challenges, but lately it's broadened its reach to include applicants of all classes. Uh, whether you are a high-earning medical professional awaiting your permanent residence status or a self-employed plumber who 
declares a low income for income tax purposes. This segment of lending is worthy of forming part of the mortgage broker arsenal of products and solutions. That's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta, as I'm licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you're from Vancouver or Calgary, as I'm very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over Canada, the entire world. For those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere, or for those Canadians who are in the process of moving from one province to another, as I specialize in interprovincial relocations and new to Canada mortgage applications, call or text me at 604 604- 800 call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on whatsapp or facebook messenger or just go ahead and link up to my website homefinancingsolutions.ca and also if you prefer youtube search for my recently launched channel mortgage genomics canada podcast where you will start finding uh you know sprinkling some descriptive videos of these same episodes not all of them i'm trying to Um, but that's something that I'm going to be building over time. So check it out. And uh, thank you again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well, everyone. Talk again soon.